Look at this. That's the nib that fell off. That's the piece that fell off my microphone. <laughs> See? What? He and I have known each other since January yeah. 79. And by the way, this is podcast 40 in this series. So we're almost up to 100. <laughs> 100? What? Well, <laughs> we're getting there. We're closer to 100 than we were when we did 39. <laughs> have, we, Close? Have, we, have we not adjusted your medication we, we yet? We have. <laughs> Ross, Ross is thinking about yeah, this. Yeah, so who, who's our guest? I, Ross, who are you? Who are we? Not? <laughs> I'm going talk. silent. I, nothing here. I'm going silent. <laughs> We have a very casual introduction. Okay, so uh, uh, Ross Lilly and yeah. I'm a uh, long, long-time friend of Mark's. and oh, how um, unfortunate. Haven't done much else in my life besides that, I guess. Oh, really? It's, just, it's well, been down from thing. there. Yeah. I'm currently, uh, well, I've been for the last well, 20-plus years a founder and executive director of Access Sport America, and we do adaptive sports and training for people uh, with disabilities. Okay, yeah, you, you are? I'm Mark Thurman. And I'm Dave Pausner. And we are missing Mick. We are missing Susan. We're missing Ziad. It's just us. It's us just chickens. Us, just us chickens. Us chickens. Wow. So. And, and, and important fact. So I've known Ross since 1979. Uh, Ross. You, so you met him when you were about one or two? About one. Uh, <laughs> the he was junior two. achievement project. Yeah, exactly. Really? No. <laughs> um, Ross is a, was, uh, he and I were together uh, as musicians for a long time. We what still are. What do you play? So he's, I'm he, a drummer percussionist. Oh, really? Yeah, he's yeah. a jazz fantastic rock. jazz drummer. Jazz really? guys, yeah. I'm a bassoonist. Oh, you are? I was. Uh, I uh, studied at the University of Michigan, but not not at the music school, but there, and then did a lot of gigging he, up he here studied, when I moved He studied up. at the podiatry school. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but I'm I did sure a lot of gigging when I came into town, yeah. and my, my wife, threw, uh, who's a bassoonist also, um, but now I have kids. I have kids, and so I've moved on. Whoa! Yeah, that's wow. interesting. So you're a drummer, eh? How many bassoonists do we know? Well, the not one. that many. <laughs> it's legal in Massachusetts. It, it, it is now. Barely. It is now, barely. Just, just with barely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Oh, Mark. Mark's going to kill us with that that call. Uh, so anyway, so you're you're a drummer. Yeah, I was um, a percussionist. When I met Mark, we were hoping to make a go of it. We both like jazz, jazz fusion, yeah. kind of things like that. And yeah. we were the only people in Massachusetts who cared. So um, <laughs> that's how we made our money. Yeah. And uh, we were both selling stereos at Tweeter, et cetera. You were a Tweeter mm-hmm. on uh, Mass Ave? We were at uh, Harvard, Harvard Square. Square. Harvard Square. The good okay. one. Yep. And okay. then um, and I knew that was going to come up quickly, <laughs> but we yeah, could yeah. edit it out. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Yes. So, okay, so you met back in 79. I was in college at that point, just down the street from you. And so, and you were in music school. I was. That's why I moved out here, was to go, yeah. to, to, Berkeley. go to Berkeley. Yeah. And you and, were... And I, I just graduated from NYU. Yeah, right, right, so right, right. So I, I came up here. My brother was managing the shop. Oh, that, that and, particular and, tweeter. Yeah, so, yeah. I, well, I, and I uh, sort of weaseled my way in there. And, huh. um so that, that um, so wait a minute, but I had heard that you became a minister. Yeah, so to atone for being a salesperson of stereos, <laughs> I, I enrolled in seminary. And then, um, where? Here? I was at, at yeah, it's Andover Newton, which is now yep. uh, rolled into Yale, I think. Oh, um, it is? Yeah. They Do, went, are you going to be updating your resume? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's going to help a lot. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I then I got a then I was a pastor of a church in Acton for yep. about twenty years. Okay. And I was so. And you and Mark didn't, Mark Mark you, would be um, Mark was our resident Jewish gospel yes. pianist. <laughs> yeah, actually, right. we we we've continued that. I mean, he left his his particular church, but then there's another church in Concord that yep. has hosted us oh. on and off. Actually, if you Google my name, you'll find some, the the that bass player's father. Oh, really? Posted the video of us playing at that church. Oh, so there's actually video of Ross and me and this wonderful young woman who's a bass player. I don't know if she's out of high school yet or electric or, bass or stand up. Uh, she's playing electric, oh, okay. she, but she plays both, and yeah. she also plays classical. Trained. Yeah, she okay. was really a very, very talented. Now, if we Google you, player. will that be before or after the the uh, wanted poster? Um, it would be immediately after, because in that reference would be not wanted it's my, for my piano playing skills or lack okay. thereof. So but yeah, we, but we have continued. We have continued on and off. Uh, I don't know if the church gig will be back time. this spring, but yeah, we we kind of like um, uh, we we love music that doesn't uh, say anything directly religious. Yeah, oh, that's right. good. We think it's a little more profound when you don't put in whoever. And how does that go in the middle of a service? Just fine? Yeah, we just we put a little um, asterisk and explain it. So this is not religious. No, we, we say that we think, at least we used to, we think that there is always something religious um, in every everyday life. And um, the music that is, at least today, is the music that is overtly, uh, supposedly Christian or Jewish or whatever, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily as compelling as the, the stuff that's coming out from, you know, oh. mainstream artists or whoever. Yeah, true. That's true. And actually, that's there's true. a huge um, uh, mainstream R&B gospel uh, business. Uh, Kirk Franklin mm. is the name of an artist who's extremely yeah. popular. Where These are Grammy award-winning, you know, top-selling, multi-platinum artists that... And even some of the hip hop and rap artists have huge sort of followings and have always do like a gospel. And what does he have to do with you uh, and your group? Uh, uh, we've played a couple uh, of his like, songs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he, so I, was that we, like if we play Beatles, we can mention the Beatles? Uh, yes. <laughs> I played Beatles on my bassoon. So oh, you do? I, I knew Paul McCartney. Sort of through his music. <laughs> so, so, so maybe I'll maybe I'll panelize is, for a minute. This is Mark doing his. Uh, okay, you're gonna panelize. I'm gonna panelize for one brief. Minute. I was trying to figure so out. So this is a podcast about failure. <laughs> yeah. And when I pitched it to Ross, I said, "So we do this podcast called Failure." He goes, "You're kidding." Um, no, I, you, well, you turn, waited until failure, and then you called me. Yeah. Right. So. Well, it turns so. out if you. Google, not just Google failure, but if you go to iTunes and look for failure, there are so many. We thought we were cutting edge, but we were behind the times. Yeah, so oh, we're, we're actually a big failure topic. the podcast. That's <laughs> yeah, the name of our... Specifically. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're listening to this, they found it. Right. That's exactly right. So um, when I pitched it to Ross, and I'm, yeah. I know I'm panelizing. He's panelizing. Is what we call By the way, do you know what that word means? No idea. We made Perfect. it Perfect. Don't even worry about it. He, he's pretending he's running a panel. So uh, you're, well, that's you're bringing thing. us back home. I'm bringing he, us yeah, back home yeah. for, oh. to keep the one po- podcast setting. listener still yeah. listening before yeah. he rips out his, uh, his uh, ear, ear drums, <laughs> stomps them on the ground, and wastes two hundred twenty-five dollars. Um, uh, one seventy-nine. Was it one seventy-nine? Yeah, one seventy-nine. Something. I, like they never. They yeah. don't stay in my ears. Yeah. Well, but anyway, your brain so, didn't stay in your. So ears I said, either. "Well, we do this podcast called Failure." And I said, you know, you might find it interesting. And then you said, I'm all about failure. I'm the king I'm of failure. I'm all about failure. Right. 
You got you can't do anything without failing. So let's let's yeah. first talk about Access Port a little bit more because we're not because Access Port is a, a success. You've been running it for twenty five ish years, I think. Yes. Yep. Twenty seven almost. Twenty fifth anniversary next year. Twenty yeah. fifth. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's been a success by the by the measure of longevity. I know yeah. I'm analyzing. Um, well, we have 40 podcasts. Are we successful by that measure? Well, we've successfully Gotten wasted 40, 40 hours of yeah, people's, people's time, time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a, 100. That's a, Do we say 100? It's near 100. Well, we have, We're almost we have to 1,000. 40 oh, rounding up very, to 100? We're very close to 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, his meds Sorry. are off, so you just have <laughs> to <laughs> just kind of go with it. It's, it's like his crowd was bigger than Obama's. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Trump and I talk about crowd size. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So, you know, Access Sport is a, an interesting program. Maybe give a little bit more detail on that. And then how do you feel like you're the king of failure? And, and what do you do oh, oh, gosh. about that? That's a great yeah. moniker. I, um, <laughs> uh, we, we kind of think that the, the bar is held too low for people with disabilities, especially when it comes to athletic performance and to improving function. And that people like to coddle people with disabilities and often set the bar really low. And... Um, you know, as an athlete, it, um, you know one of the, my favorite sports is is windsurfing, and you oh yeah you you can't you can't learn windsurfing without falling a bunch. Yep. Right. Oh and yeah. There you go. We, we, we know some pros who who say the same thing. Um, who, um, remarkably enough, we know all these professional windsurfers, but most of the world doesn't care much about windsurfing. But no. these pros will always say that they, you know if they're not falling, they're not really windsurfing. Right. And um, so. That kind of tenant should apply to um, when life. Tr- tr- life, exactly. Life. And, you know, especially in our field when people are saying, you know, especially if people are medically stable, right, and if their bone density is good and things like that, um, why not risk a fall, especially yeah. in, 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 water. in the water? And, you know, in, as long in as no sharks. Sharks are a problem. Yes, they are. <laughs> but not, there but we not, go. Not necessarily. <laughs> not, none of them will live in the Charles River you know, here. Just, that, although they last, don't survive it. We have a new site, actually, we, um, out in Waltham we on the Charles River, and someone had someone left a, a, the fin of a shark. Oh. And they cut it off and left it on the boat ramp, which was oh, really that's gross. unusual. Yeah. I don't know how they ever Like a real got, shark? Yeah. It's kind of oh. weird. Oh, Mark's going <clears> to <throat> tell me to turn my phone off. Yeah. This was sound effects telling me my car needs servicing ah wow <laughs> all the penalizing in the world didn't get rid of that did it no, I no it. okay so i drive him nuts tools. but he, he coughs and i have my phone make noise <laughs> keep so, going and we're recording right oh shit we forgot to record this one that's okay we'll start over is that no, right it's recording oh yeah we did we that did, once we did it yeah we had a great we have our best podcast mark wasn't there that was yeah. one no. reason it was excellent <laughs> That was one of the best reasons. But then an hour into it, most fun we ever had, with or without Mark. And I didn't hit the fa- the record button. So we got together over a bottle of tequila the next day. <laughs> Turns out we didn't open the tequila. And we went back through what we talked about, and we had 15 more minutes of this guy. So we paced, We finally said, after talking through everything we thought he said to us, and we laughed a goodly number of times, we said, well, let's get it straight from the horse's mouth. And we patched him in, so to speak, for the last 15 minutes. It was okay. We we did not lose our FCC license as a result. So. <laughs> I'm not sure there are FCC licenses, but not we didn't lose pod, it. Not for podcasting. So anyway, so back to Ross. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is about Ross. 
So, failure. So you didn't tell us oh, about failure. failure. So, so <laughs> it's not like them. so. Anyways, in our program, it's not like we're trying to encourage people to fall, uh, but we want people to take what we call safe risks. Yeah. And um, like this podcast for you. Uh, this is this is pretty risky. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of this is like so. He's already fallen. Talk about sharks. So the um, <laughs> so our 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 theory is you you expose people to uh, sports ranging kind of unusual sports windsurfing hawaiian alber canoeing stand-up paddling uh surfing kayaking uh-oh yeah see yeah it is i thought i that's okay don't worry it about it. um it's cycling like you, soccer tennis what say, i was gonna say it was like when we uh prepare food at home and the you're doing the garlic and a chunk of the garlic clove falls on the floor you know you're working with real garlic so you know you're doing a live recording when the phone's going off yeah <laughs> <laughs> The weirdest analogy about garlic. Well, if you I, cook, you get it. I, you know, when I drive home, I'm going to get that garlic thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not right there. So, um, I'm just nodding now. That's great, Dave. Yeah, Let's be real. It's like, be almost like a fly in your soup. <laughs> <laughs> they must have prepared it somewhere. <laughs> Okay. Keep going. We got him. We have broken Ross. We have broken Ross. This is a guy that talked for a living, literally. Like, every, I, uh, every Sunday, he had to he had to deliver <laughs> deliver a, you know a sermon. Yeah, but they, and now we, we got him tongue tied. They were not talking but back. No one, yeah, well, <laughs> there's a good reason I'm not. Prisoners were not talking but, back. <laughs> keep going. I I. Your little speech. Did I do? Uh, what did you say? Did I do? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, don't worry, you haven't said anything. I'm so I think, fail, fall, all that. So all me, the so, sports we did, they were well, unusual. Wait so, a minute. Wait a minute. So I get to pay. Wait, I'm on a roll here. Oh, you so are. you get oh, people to you get to see them, you get people to see themselves as a viable athlete, compelling athlete yep. for the first time, and use that to get them to want to train for higher function. Right? So you, you, the one thing mm. you left out um, was so Access Sport America is a educational slash recreational slash physical I wouldn't say thing? I wouldn't say recreational well how would yeah, you for more, for more severely thera- it's almost like it's almost therapeutic training for the disabled for yeah but severely how do you characterize or for anyone anybody could mark do it for example yeah well I was no active I mean the program if, for a long time. if Mark's knees were all busted up or something maybe okay. Um, okay. but um, but it's mostly kids no, no, it's a, it's oh. like, it's like All five ages. to ninety-five. Okay, Mark, you fall within that range. I'm on the ninety-five end. Okay, um, he especially is. lately. <laughs> That's right. Ross so is a year older. You, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> he sounds young. Okay, so this is it's a it's for you said it wasn't educational. What is he? What are you referring well, to? This? I mean, oh, there, there's an educational component in that we're, you know, we certainly are. Yeah, I mean, teaching about there's instructional pe- about living with disabilities and improvement, and and also being um, somewhat finding people compelling with what they got, right? There's a, there's a movement afoot now today to instead of saying we're always trying to change people with disabilities, but more celebrate and make it part of richness of who they are. Okay. Um, and in the same way, people might say someone is Jewish or black or white or Christian or whatever. Or you would say I'm, plain weird. So when we would before say someone with a special needs or they live with a disability or live with a challenge, they would say disabled or, yeah. or challenged. Um, I kind of like to say people living with disabilities. Um, I'm not sure why, but, you know, I think I don't want to. Okay, that makes anyways. sense. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice to define yourself by it's nice to define yourself by something. 
So going back to the phil- yeah. philosophically, um, what is failure? So make the more direct connection, because what you're saying is that you, I'm panelizing now, um, a new word, and we should call Trump and tell him we have a new word for him. No, but uh, if you can find a good IP lawyer, we could actually trademark it. <laughs> there we go. So to <laughs> <No> panelize, <laughs> so what you're sa- suggesting is that what you, there were two steps away. I wanted you to make it a more direct connection, because the, the two steps are you start with folks who are living with disabilities and you um, teach them to do any number of water activities for which failure or land activities we also okay. do cycling we do tennis soccer we do you a football clinic YMCA, don't you and we hey, we, we don't have the, the ymca but we have a, a gate training gym gym gate <laughs> gate training gym. gym gate training gym, gym. gym. what's gate training uh, that we have developed a device which oh that's your patented uh, thing yeah so we um we discovered that nothing improves people's walking, like perfect okay. form walking. G-A-I-T. Yeah, G-I-I-T. Yeah. G-A-I-T. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so nothing improves their walking like perfect form walking, and we do that on a treadmill. And oh. So there's a couple of great devices out there that, you know, are $300,000, but okay. there's not, you can't get enough time and exposure yeah. on them to really, truly change how you so walk. So you came up with a lower cost version. Uh, we did. And, so, but file, here, so and file patents on it. So yep. to your point about failure, the most the riskiest thing we do is get people to be hopeful. And um, the the when you when you you know the risk is that you fail, right? And we're telling people who have been living with conditions and, and disability for a long, long time, we think you can find more function. You know, is, if you're interested, we think you can find a more function, higher function. Is failure part of the? Is the failure a necessary? co-product or is it actually the point of the therapy well, i don't think that, i don't think he's trying to set people up to fail but i think he's incorporating failure as part of the the that is a purpose journey it, if you will as is much it as a I purposeful part is it a is the failure a purposeful well, part um we and hope the, well in this it's a small a small question. f failure yeah big f we hope we never do that so we're we're hoping that people um, have a up and down kind of road that's always going up um, towards more function and more c- better conditioning, right? But it's about resilience, really. Yeah, but we don't we don't want people to fail in a big sense, like never find the function that we somewhat promise and hope they'll get. Does that make sense? Yeah, but if you if you had a choice between say there were a, say you were teaching windsurfing, you had a choice between a windsurfing board that never flipped over. You know, it was a stable Good one, yeah. And, and one that did flip over. What would you like to teach with? Because I it would, might I be, would, yeah. I would start on a really stable platform, get their sail mechanics down, and then go to something that is less stable. Less stable is always faster. Okay, but but leaving so. aside, let's say we could conjecture that there is a stable one that would go equally fast and could be even be more fun. So you now have a choice. You you have you have a bunch of kids or adults. Mm. Um, who uh, are living with disabilities and they want to benefit from the program. Right. And you have two devices you could choose from in theory in this right. experiment, this thought experiment. One would be a windsurfing board that never tipped, was really fast, was slick, and it had played music and had stereo. It was the most fun thing you could ever do. Um, or one that was less stable, flipped over. Which would you choose? What kind of stereo does the second one have? Uh, Tweeter, one of the ones from <laughs> Tweeter, yeah. okay. et cetera. Yeah, the, not, not the famous Tweeter brand. Yeah, with yeah, a, yeah, Tweeter brand. A, with a subwoofer. Not to be confused uh, with, with Twitter. Tw- 
Twitter. Um, definitely Twitter not. now. Twitter. The Twitter. Um, I prefer Twitter to Twitter, Twitter. at this point. Yeah. Over. Um, I think I'd love if, if possible, to take them to the one that's tippier, so they felt a greater sense of accomplishment. Right. So that's. But, my, I guess my question is: Is failure an important part of the training? Yeah, but he wasn't. Ross was not planning to talk about this. No, no, I, no. no this is good. <laughs> this, is exactly, this is right in the sweet spot. <laughs> if you're looking for a slick answer, that will never come. So. No, we don't need slick. Uh, we but, have Mark um, here. He's a biz dev guy, so we get slick. So, um, it's. Uh, yeah, so let me see. We is, we try to make important. it so we don't um, we don't hope for we don't try to get every now and then I might get someone to fail almost on purpose, just to see that they'll get through it, uh, but not a not a big huge failure. But enough well, enough to, enough to make the them feel like yeah. you know I'm I'm still alive. Like um, you know I, I might say uh, let's like on our, on our gate trainer or something we can do on our gate trainer we can we can get go, people to go very fast. Um, you know, we can get people running in, in our gate trainer. And um, so I might have somebody do that and get a sense of what it is. But also, if, if, if they're, they're not um, buying into the sense that we've got to get great form at a slower speed first, um, I, might, I might extend the time on it so they can see how they need to build on that and learn to do that before. So is there thinking, is the thinking that, again, I'm wondering if it's the, if the point, and not in a bad way, if the point is failure to success, in other words, life has dealt you what it dealt you, mm -hmm. you're living with disabilities, but it turns out, and while that shouldn't be equated with failure, it's generally considered less positive, it need not be, but right. generally considered less positive. So I'd argue that, I mean, I'm, what I'm wondering is, is the point that we teach them to do something really fun and along the way they fail, which is built into it, and they learn that failure is just a natural part of success. Yeah. And you want to build their resilience, point? yes. Okay. That yeah. does get we to We talk about the no rides concept. Yeah, so, the, yeah, like, towards, we, we, we have an expression, no rides here. So um, often a, a recreational model is to have people exposed to port, sports, like in an outrigger canoe, and not necessarily paddle. And we... We try to make it so everybody paddles the whole time and, and kind of earns their way. Oh, no rides. So yeah. Right. So, Because so, you could have chosen to do the whole thing around amusement park rides where all they have to do is exactly. strap in. Yeah. But you chose not to do that. Right. We like prolonged physical activity. Okay. Yeah. They're, right? these, are, these, these athletes are working hard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're working hard and they're, they, I mean, I was active with the program for a long time. I still can't windsurf. I never really could. But there are people that, you know, I've seen throughout the years that windsurf, you know, much better, perfectly, actually. We never even really got you to try windsurfing. We should No, we did early on, and I fell in. I, I know we didn't. And I gave up. He now did. we know much better. I could get you. Were there any sharks? The, not, not, <laughs> not in the Charles River. There were a few dead bodies floating by, but they say it's cleaner now. <laughs> so This have, is back in the 70s. Have yeah, you seen... It's really not back in the 70s. <laughs> it, it is cleaner now, but yeah. Have you seen any of the... I keep wanting to say kids, because when I was down there, it seemed like it was mostly yeah. kids. Not young kids, but um, teens. Have you... Are there any for whom you could see the benefit of the failure leading to success and that gave them more resilience in their either in the over the course of time with you or outside of their time with you and in, in the i can see with us when um if it's sort of controlled failure where we know we're going to get people another crack at success in a session um we can see ah. see people improve um 
you know, I just came from a program we're running, and we have Boston Public Schools, and we work with uh, high schools with kids with disabilities. And, and a, a lot of people are afraid to take a risk in front of their, their cohorts, um, like if they're going to learn a soccer, in that program we do a soccer and conditioning program. So if, if they, when we're trying to get them to learn a move or something, they're afraid of failure in front of their friends and things like that. And um, we let everybody know that everybody can fail and, and learn along the way, and especially as they learn it along the way, um, it's, it's not as daunting a task. I don't know if that made any sense. No, so... And um, so they feel like, wow, I could try a lot more stuff. And So have you taken this out of the realm <clears throat> of uh, folks living with disabilities right. into the realm of folks who aren't living with disabilities? Well, Is that he, what your point he, was? Well, It'd be for everybody. You need, you need. I think all of us could do with a little resilience, right? And, yeah. and, and, and get by that fear of falling and failing. So and, have you taken this to business? Have you tried taking this to business to see where it would go? And how would you imagine it would work if you were to teach... MBAs or whatever, uh, or young I seminary ha- students. Uh, I haven't tried. I, I wouldn't. I, 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 wouldn't it, I don't know if I'd be all that. I don't know if it'd be that all compelling. I don't know how I would address the community so they would really have it, have it, have much credence. I don't well, know. we hear that failure. I mean, <clears throat> so that I thought it was on the, the the great intro to the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. The blurb that Mark didn't like. <laughs> Um, which was it? Was that? Oh no, that was about co-founders and not about failure. Yeah, seven but co-founders. Le- but um, it was unnecessarily cruel. <laughs> I thought it was. But Dave, let me take accurate. you back. Let me yeah. take you back before you go on. Are you going to panelize? So I am going to panelize. Perfect. Because again, I'm I'm, I'm very no, familiar with good. with the program. But um, another aspect of of what I've observed uh, with with the access support program is. You talk about failure in front of their cohort, but also failure in front of their friends, family, and caregivers. I still remember the experience of the family's more afraid if they're if they're oh, yeah, true. their young That's athlete a good point. is doing something right. for the first right. time. Right. That's so a great point. Having their family feel like, you know, they could fall in the water and they're just gonna be fine. As long as they aren't they're just gonna be a little wet. Right. Yeah, sometimes we're teaching we have to get the families away ah. so they can be away on the shore and not necessarily hamper the process. That's a and, good point. And, um, I get that. Right, but um, so this whole bi- this, this whole business is kind of our, our 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 nonprofit is a big risk, right? I mean, when we first started, nobody thought we'd make it, and um, it's been how many years? Twenty five. It's been twenty five years, and um, you know, I'm 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 good at nonprofits at not making a profit, <laughs> and so we see a need, and we we don't um, we do often do a business plan after. Uh, right. We see a need, and we know that people are being underserved, and we we come up with a plan to serve them, and then and we go for funding after, which isn't the best business plan, but it does. It seems to work for us in the sense that we we have a niche in in, in the Boston and in New England area, and um, we're known for you know more than than. Uh, uh, let me see. Our, if we had a, if we had a weakness, it would be that we do not report well on what we do, yeah. but rather get it done and get a program going, get it in place, and give people really good quality programming. So what's failure? Uh, Did you? What is failure? Was that a panel question? I don't know. What is failure? This we is like, guy, what, what's that uh, actor studio show? There's that guy that oh, sits yeah. there at the what desk and asks questions. What is it? What is it? Um, it's like inside yeah. the actor studio. And he's, you know, he does oh. these uh, very, very stereotypical or very idiosyncratic uh, broadcasts where he'll get like a famous actor and he'll say, what's Brad Pitt think of this now? 
I don't know. Is this like a Channel Two thing? Though? Yeah, it's, I, like, it's called Actors. Yeah. It's like inside actors the Actors workshop. Studio. But yeah, 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 I've ask, seen that one. He'll ask these questions yeah. where you know he's got them written down. He's got like a whole page. Yeah, but we've got a guy who, in front of us now um, whose whole just thing was, is failure. No, no, I'm not I'm, taking it badly, but I just was so, having some fun with you on it. No, well, that's all right. <laughs> this is a daunting question. This is like when people say, "So George Doris is in the elevator with you. What would you say?" This well, is no, the same that's way. what I'm thinking. Uh, is we have a podcast. Sweat goes down my back. This is a podcast on failure, and we've done almost a hundred. What's them, failure at least mean 40. to you? Yeah, what is failure? Um, because they're, 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 seriously, the question is: Is failure um, the question we toy with to the extent we do anything of value? It's is failure good? Is it failure bad? Is failure natural? Is failure not? So, and you're in a business unlike everyone else, who your business is all about failure to build resilience. If failure is thinking I was going to be in that podcast down the hall and ending up with you knuckleheads here. <laughs> oh, he wanted to go to the success podcast. Yeah. They've actually failed. They went under because everybody does success. But now everyone does failure. No. So. That was a good um, one. That was pretty good. There you go. Uh, Check. Hey, they, they, hey. Uh, I'm a rambling guy. <laughs> we need Pink Floyd playing in the background. I, I, I don't think, know. I think failure is not risking failure, right? Failure is is a very safe life, and it's Ooh, um, that's scary. Yeah, and, keep going. And, and I don't think anybody's done anything hasn't failed a whole bunch of times. And and having not having those stories in your head when you're going forward of of all these great people who have fa- failed. Um, so what does that tell you about failure? It's a necessity. Everybody does it. Is it a bad thing or a good thing? It's a good thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, um, it's sort of like musicians. Uh, to find somebody who's truly unusual and unique is really impossible. And then people who say they are, they're standing on the shoulders of somebody else. Right. And and these great risks they take, they're usually not too risk, too risk, too right. great a risk. They're usually taking some nuances from somebody and building it into something else. And they're trying to look like they've got it all new. But it's it's really based on some other people who took risks before them. Hmm. Okay, so hold on. So failure is so. Why is it failure that, is good? That's one thing. It's good, but but why <clears throat> is failure? So is the is the is the problem? It's just a definitional one, which is failure is simply an attempt at something which doesn't achieve a non-failure result. Failure is failure is simply. Can you write the, that down? I got. So I'm sorry. To the point. <laughs> I, I'm almost hearing you say the failure. I'm sort of jumping ahead. Failure is the is the normal course, and when you don't fail you've not failed, you've succeeded. In other words, we all think that success is the goal, and you would argue, no, failure is pretty much the natural, and occasionally you don't fail, and that we call success. Is that true? In other words, is mm. failure the norm? Make him keep explaining it. I think it's more yeah. fun. Yeah, it's more just fun. To have, yeah. Just to have him go through the gyrations. Is failure the norm? Let's go to the whiteboard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that failure doesn't the show no- well that's on the a, podcast. Um, no. Is failure the norm? It, let's, I'll start with my in my field. I don't think it's a norm. I think that a lot of um, that I think in in like adaptive sports, there's a lot of programs, a lot of people who do out of the box kind of safe sports, right? Mm-hmm. Like 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 if you're going to start an adaptive program, you would do kayaking and you do cycling and you buy the stuff that's already out there and there's there's not too too much of a risk to it, right? Yeah. And then like so that's the amusement ride version. Everything well, sort of no, works. I mean, it's, it could be it's taxing, you know, oh. and but um, but you know, if you do flat water kayaking, you can get anybody in that. It's pretty easy to do, and you don't take it doesn't take a lot of skilled technicians to get you going and things like that, or or trainers to go. But you know, if you get to stuff like windsurfing, stand up paddling, 
and you're you're working on people you know who have uh, issues with standing and you're trying to get them to stand and use the incentive from doing these sports and succeeding as the incentive to do it um, that's a little more of a risk it's a calculated mm. risk and it's a safe risk with us right but you know um, as long as there are no sharks but in this field yeah there's not a whole lot of risk there's some there's probably some business risks and some people starting businesses and starting nonprofits and uh, doing it without much planning. You yeah. know, a lot of people just say, I want to get in this field, I'm going to start it, right? Um, but, you know, the way we started, if you wanted to hear this, the way we started was I just did it as a volunteer for the longest time. You know, I would take every, you know, as a full-time minister, but taking every, every bit of time off I had and teaching people. Okay. Right? Yeah. And then... Um, this is back in the day. Yeah, and then... When we finally had some funding for the program, uh, our, we were friends with Carolyn Mugar, and, and yep. she, she taught oh, us to fish. You know, she said, I, I can yep. give money to the program, or I can give mm. you uh, pretty much the salary of a development director. Yep. Right? And we said, geez, let's do that. Without development director, you got nothing. Yep. And if you're going to start a nonprofit, yep. you don't take a salary until you get a development. Yep. So, um, anyways, I don't know where I went. So... You were doing what happened to the fishing, by the way? Uh, so we I think he we fishes we, every day. She 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 taught. We got somebody in who taught us to fish. Oh, is yeah. there any failure involved in fishing? You mean if we just fished without that help? No, I guess did the kids learn anything from fishing? No, no. Oh, oh no, no. Oh. I was a figurative. Oh, uh, you know, I'm slow. You can teach a. You can oh, give yes. someone oh. a. You know, oh, yeah, with, you yeah. give somebody. The yeah, give somebody Parable? a meal. And or eat can, for a day. Give a man a fish. Or you can teach them how to teach fish. Them fish. Right. Eat, you'll so feed we, them for life, we which hired, doesn't help me because right. I'm a vegetarian. We hired a development director who is teaching us to fish, fish. figuratively Got speaking. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, fishing wouldn't necessarily be one of our sports. We don't think it's active enough for what yeah, we yeah. do. It's, it's yeah, a great, it's a great recreation, <laughs> recreational activity for people with disabilities, and some of our guys do it. But okay. that's not suited to us. Very wonderful. I knew what he meant. I, okay. I speak fluent Ross. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, so. I'm a Ross whisperer after uh, 40 years. But, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's easy to go to people in entertainment, people who, um, you know, like Miles Davis and, or Robin Williams or something, that people who, who took great risks to get where they got, right? And, and we all benefited because they took risks. They didn't, they didn't go at... The, that sounded good. Did they really take risks? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think there were some people who told Miles Davis he sucked. And oh, really? There's some pe- you know, I'm just, Robin U- Williams had some really bad bombing moments right oh was it who was it not uh, what's her face who was complaining who just did stars born was claiming her boyfriend said that she would never make it anywhere oh lady gaga lady, lady gaga so okay so we can put mark on the spot so tie this all together to failure of the failure of airprint can't come on can't because tax, airprint, your, tax airprint, your biz airprint, dev airprint, mind well all right it, tax your biz dev mind all right i can i can link it a little bit Airprint failed, so my former company failed because we kind of hit the economic, the what was it, 08 economic downturn, right. and our largest investors couldn't reinvest at the time that we needed them to, despite their commitment. So we had to put it up on the shelf. His, you could say, access port could, it hasn't and it isn't, to my knowledge, uh, it could fail if they failed to get more funding. Uh, and I know, you know, uh, every nonprofit goes through sort of ebbs and flows yeah. and peaks and valleys and, and all that in raising money. It's very difficult. So he talked about the, te- you know, being taught to fish. Even, even experienced fishermen have dry spells. 
Right. It's really tough to raise money for a startup. Right. It's even tougher to raise money for a nonprofit, especially a nonprofit that is, you know, it's it's about a little slice of things that people might be interested in. So the people that would initially, I think, contribute were people that had a personal connection for some mm. reason. They had a child or a relative yeah. or a brother or a friend with disabilities. And then the community would expand from there. Whereas in the early stage uh, technology world, you can you know have friends and family funding you know in the same manner, but when you start to get to the larger amounts, and we were raised we raised a total of about four million with AirPrint, um, it's just uh, it's not directly analogous. How about on the more uh, trite level of using uh, access sport techniques to teach? CEOs. Well, I think that's that's act, that was actually an interesting because that would be more like what Rotu, who was our guest yeah, in last podcast thirty nine, was using. I forgot they used to have programs for to reach out to corporate customers. Yeah. I would think that as a fundraising tool, you know, the uh, they should Ross have the willingness to develop a program to teach resilience in the corporate setting, yeah. and charge for the speech. That would be an interesting fundraising tool. However, but you think it would only be fundraising and not actually valuable? Well, I think it would be very team, valuable. Would it be team building? I, I, or think, would it be I, I don't. I, it could be team building. building. But humility? I think he'd rather focus on 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 this underserved community of of athletes with disabilities than taking able-bodied people out and showing them how to windsurf for the day just to raise some money. But uh, I, just because I know him, I, I think you you would spend every day with with uh, disabled athletes uh, versus one day with you know. A bunch of able-bodied guys to take them out and show them for an hour to i think uh yeah is that what you're asking yeah i think so i'm trying to figure i mean well, because largely we addressed largely we addressed the business community with this podcast to the the, the business community of right, one right and um, one or two at most um and so i'm just trying to wonder how i was wondering how what you do exactly. might well, well first mark's right I, I i mean it's an underserved population so if we have resources to teach people that don't have access to things i'd love to do that um, but I, I've done a couple of, you know, I've done, a, a, I don't know, clinics, like 12 or over the years, huh. uh, little speeches with people and to their businesses. Um, but my, my business parlance isn't that good. So I'm, you know, my business speak isn't that great. So I just look like a guy pretty much on the outside. Fish out of water. And I'm on my, the tra- I didn't make that, I didn't do well making that step, you know, connection to the business. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I could be inspirational, uh, yeah, but right. not necessarily that they. I couldn't connect the dots to their business necessarily. Hmm. Does that makes sense. I, yeah. I know. I know. It's it's got to be the same. It's, you know, everybody's got to take a lot of swings to get yeah, hits. You know, exactly. you, you right. can't. Um, right. You know. Right. You, I guess that's the point. You got to take a lot of swings. And um, some of them are successful. I, I, I mean, I, right. I think you could develop, or some of them are uh, not, uh, not, uh, not failures. You could probably develop a presentation that. You know, you could take out and a couple times a month use it for fundraising. Like, you know, uh, have you come in for an annual meeting or a kickoff meeting for some business in exchange for, you know, the speaker's fee is really the uh, contribution. It's that is a fundraising technique, but I think it's again, it's an hour that you wouldn't be with uh, with kids with disabilities or or adults with disabilities. I I probably need you guys to buy credibility. You know, like I'd make my inspirational thing, and then 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 you. That you'd have to make the connection, okay? You know, yeah. So, but, the, so but there like, are there are people that focus a lot on that fundraising yes, yeah, stuff. Yep. Um, 
I mean, he's a great speaker. I've seen him speak for, you know, 30 years. Highly entertaining. Highly entertaining, <laughs> as you can tell by this well, podcast. podcast. Yeah, um, I have not fallen asleep yet. Uh, you but, do. Your eyes flag. You just close your eyes. But I was like. I'm thinking. It I'm made thinking. me think I was preaching again. I just like. Uh, <laughs> in <Stinkings>. tongues. <laughs> but you are correct. You are correct. I'm thinking. Oh, okay. But, but, uh, but and it's, it's an interesting thought as a fundraising technique um, to do that. But. You know, but even more so if there was a good message, you know, well, the message is resilience. And, you know, here's what we've learned in the program. And, you know, Hmm. I I, again, knowing Ross, I can imagine that that hour he'd be the whole time he'd be miserable thinking I've got to get in front of the kids. I got to I've got to get back out there on the water. I I just no, I I, 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 you know, here's an angle I thought. Maybe, maybe not. My, my well, thought. no, I mean, uh, the, uh, just if you're going to uh, do your thought. Well, it's a different thought, which is this is a nonprofit, yeah? Hmm. And I'm not sure of the extent to which you can talk about budgets. But our one listener may be in a nonprofit. And I bet you've got a lot to add about the failures along the way. This is a completely different line. Hmm. So if, yeah. if you have something on the other line to talk about, I we hadn't thought about this, but it no, it's a good point. But I was thinking about it, which is so one of the we we thought we conjectured that one of the interesting things about this podcast was not just talking about failure, but while we had a business in front of us, sort of dissecting the whole thing, which is yeah, yeah, we know we know he died of a car crash, but let's figure what's going on in the lungs and then the toenails and everything else. In other words, look yeah. at the look at the whole thing, look at the whole body, the whole dead body, and um, I'm wondering whether you can talk about. Uh, we're doing Failures non-profit. along the way We're doing of, non-profits of non-profits. Fail. Well, yeah. um, and some of the stories you ran into, because that might be really valuable. Yeah. So the 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 key to our success for the longest time has been partnerships. Mm. So rather than fundraising, it's it's um, it's nice to have something that goes back to somebody. It's nice it's, uh, when people are just granting. Or if you're doing, uh, you know, we have two big fundraisers a year. Yep. Um, it's not necessarily as appealing as it is when you get a, a partner. So we have these partnerships. We had a, used to have a huge partnership with uh, with Spalding. We were there for 20 years. With oh, Spalding, Rehab. Spalding Rehab. Yeah. Yep. Um, those partnerships keep you going, and you and you feel that you're really providing a service for somebody, and it's direct that they feel it, and they can go a long time. Um, but when you have grants and gifts, that is a shorter kind of a run. Yep. And um, so our, our toughest time w- was when we had, a, we had a program in Florida. So we had programs up here, and we had a team in Florida. Huh. And we also had a grant related to the Shapiro Foundation, hmm. right? And um, when, when that all went south with the Madoff scandal, uh, we took a hit up here. You know, that program took a big hit. And we didn't have a, you know, our team leader in our fundraising down there was was not effective. Right. And so we had to we had to bail them out and close the program. So up here we felt a, a bit, you know, it was a big hit, and it was, hmm. uh, you know, are we going to survive that? That was really tough. Uh, so that's where it's yeah, more yeah. like AirPrint, yeah, yeah. where yeah, yeah. an unforeceen yeah. circumstance. Yeah, in my right. case, it was the you know the economic downturn, you know, right. the, that recession of 08, 09. Right. In his case, it was you know the Madoff funding, which wiped out all these major contributors. When in these was foundations. that, by the way? 
When was that? When was Madoff? Ten years? It's been at least ten years. Oh, okay. Yeah, before, so that wiped out a lot. Before the recession? Before or after the Great Recession? Uh, I, I can't place it in time. Okay, probably but, before. But, yeah. I, you know, because I was, I was doing some stuff at AccessPort during that time period. I remember it's like all those major funders, all those major benefactors got hit, or many of them, you know, because... So what does a nonprofit do when that happens? Pray. Well, uh... <laughs> It took us a couple of years to recover, and um, we cut had to, back the programs. Uh, we had to okay. cut back on some staffing around staffing. And what is the effect of that on the people who contributed, hoping to see four programs this year? Now you're down to two. Do you say sorry? Your money went to go bail out. We actually kept all programs going, and it looked it looked there was no appearance on the outside that ah. changed. So, so okay. the, I remember the staff took uh, pay oh. cuts for a while. Okay. So they they actually you know but, uh, they they tried to buffer. A lot of that, but it was these were big hits. It was, and we jettisoned that program, which was a big relief, you know. The Florida, yeah, is it was that your only remote program? That was it, yeah. Costa Rica, uh, (laughs) we actually we did a a a couple of we used to do some camps in in California, and we did a camp in Guatemala, but not they weren't that you know we just had people volunteer and went. Is it harder to? run a startup that is a for-profit or not-for-profit? You have different mm. stakeholders, Yeah, I would say. And, you know, the, you're always going to the well on a non-profit. So a for-profit hopefully brings in 5, 10, 15 million, and then you hope takes off or fails. Well, just remember, if you're investing I mean, in, you're a, Uber. In, in, a, in a startup, yep. you know, every dollar you hope turns into 10. Yeah, or a hundred. So with a nonprofit, there's just no big there's no, win. Your your big win. I mean, you get a tax write off, which is negligible. I mean, it's interesting. It's so your investors are back every year. You're you're going to the well every year. Yeah. So hmm. finding a reliable, continuing source of income is really tough. Hmm. Right. And how many are you still with the same initial not investors but no. sponsors? No. What do you call them? Sponsors. Uh, contributors. Uh, grantors or contributors and partners. So okay. um, we have a really long term with the Flutie Foundation. Oh, as in right? Doug. As, as in, in Doug as Flutie. In Doug, yeah, Doug Flutie Jr. Yeah. Foundation. Yeah. And we, you know, we were, you know, that, that run with Spalding was remarkable. I mean, that was, yeah. that was a major source of income for us. And it was, you know, a program which we really invested a lot of time and energy in. And they gave you not just in kind, but money. No, they gave us money, yeah. Money. We started that um, where where they gave us partial funding and we raised the rest of it because it's our mission. Yeah. Um, okay. And eventually they had they were fully funding. What's your budget roughly a year to the extent you can say? At one point it was a million. Now it's about seven hundred. Oh. So it's pretty it's pretty lean. Okay, but it's money. It's money. Yeah. How many? How much? How many months a year do you spend raising money? All year round. Oh. It's oh. an endless fundraising for nonprofits. It is an endless thing. What Whereas percentage it, of your time is raising money? My time personally. Yeah. Oh, uh, about a quarter, oh. maybe third. Okay. What percentage uh, would you I'm, like I'm, it to be? I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pain to work with because I do pro, I'm do a program-oriented executive director. So, so he, um, likes running, he likes working with, with oh, the yeah, athletes. Yeah. Right. So our, right. Our develop, I mean, I figure I've got to do that to be authentic. Yeah. But it, yeah, means, yeah. But it means I'm also dealing with development at all weird hours. And, yep. You know, and they're carting me out in, in, I, in this kind of garb like this. Yep. So, huh. Okay. Um, Interesting, but partnerships are great, and um, grantors. I think the you know a lot of people in this say that um, you know appeals. If you have appeals, uh, you have a, a ton of people doing an appeal. 
that's pretty steady. You know, the ones that the people who are sending their $25 or $50 donations in, that's pretty reliable. Oh, really? You know, okay. and, then, and then if you're getting grants, if you get somewhere in the $2,500, $5,000 range, you get a bunch of them, that's pretty reliable too. But the big ones are the ones that are more volatile. Okay, and so you just show up, you uh, call people up for coffee? How do you do it? Uh, it's, it's all who you know, I guess. Oh, really? People give us referrals, and we know people around town and things like that. And there are foundations but, that, that have, you know, that they look up that okay. are listed, and they, you know, fill out the forms and, so these are, and apply this is for like money. Grant, grant writing. They're, they're, it's a lot of yeah, grant A lot writing. of grant writing. Oh, really? Yeah. How about the Gates Foundation? Do they do stuff like this? They're kind of educationally uh, oriented, right? Um, okay. Yeah, um, we've been at Connections there, but um, they haven't shown much interest in us. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So what? So failures along the way for a nonprofit include just shit happens, and uh, and then we just lost our explicit. We just got. We just lost our family friendly rating, but stuff happens, <laughs> and you end up taking a chunk of your income or your chunk of your reserves for the year and right. bailing somebody out. Yeah. What other failures? How about uh, uh, hiring issues or? Uh, We're pretty lucky because like it's on the program side, everybody works for us has a volunteer a season okay. first. Yeah. So they, we want them coming to us saying they would almost, they'd volunteer to do the work they love yeah. it so much. Good. And so we have, uh, we have really, a really good record there. And I don't think we've ever fired anybody on the program side. Okay. There have been a couple of people who left somewhat voluntarily yep. with a couple of hints. Yep. Um, and other than that, you know, we have a pretty good record. Uh, and on the administrative side, never fired anybody. How does a nonprofit handle, uh, what do you call it, embezzlement? How do you avoid embezzlement? How do you, does just one person handle the books? Uh, we got a couple people. So, okay. and we are audited every year as oh. well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, you, they're, sure. they're very strict. So, okay. I mean, there, there were some uh, nonprofits, not this mm. one, but there were nonprofits that have had issues. Okay. Um, and, the, you know, it's very, very strict. All the reporting is, is there. In fact, it's all visible online. Yeah. Huh. They have, um, you know, you just, you're very careful. And this is more of a boutique. Uh, than uh, you know American Cancer Society or hmm. or you know Dana Farber's you know uh, fundraising or any of those other so very, very American Heart. We contract our our controller. Okay, right, right, yeah. right, right, and that that's a professional. Yeah. So how do you do? You ever think about using those fundraising organizations, the ones who call us at home for the policemen's that is such ball? A great question. No, no. Those no. are what's the deal with those? That, well, they take a good chunk of like, the money. Yeah. Every, like every how much? dollar, like fifty percent sometimes. Ooh. Yeah, okay. we have we have really good. Uh, I mean, our overheads really our overheads really small. But all the all those, you know, when uh, the standard who is oh gosh whoever does those those evaluations, um, it's charity to, navigator one of those. Uh, to my mind, people just they come up with numbers. They come up with ways to say that so little time is this much time is devoted to fundraising. You know, and especially when you get to the larger organizations, a ton of time and a ton of resources are going to fundraising. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, so, anyways, I, I think when you people look at that, it's not necessarily an accurate number, but ours ours is pretty good. Okay. Well, the other thing with those you know, professional fundraising organizations, again, fifty percent or more. Okay. So goes back to the company that's doing and it. And those are for profit companies. And those are very much yeah. for profit so companies. And when they when they call on behalf of the police, you're scared to death <laughs> that exactly. if you don't, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, so, so you know, the the money doesn't really 
if you give a hundred dollars, that hundred dollars isn't really benefiting. Yeah, a fraction of it. Is. A fraction of it comes back to the organization. The other thing that's nice about this, and you know, Ross said that they're lean and mean. If you look at these really big national charities, yeah. some of their executive directors are making a million dollars a year because they're yeah. you know professional oh, business right. CEOs. Right. And I, you know, Ross isn't making a million bucks a year. I, I, I what I happens believe. when you partner with United <laughs> Way? I mean, uh, uh, Faulkner Rehab was nonprofit. I bet. Right, um, but what about United Way and those huge organizations? Do they're they grantors. Even, oh, they're, those are grantors. Yeah, every now and then oh. we we'll get something for United Way. Oh, uh, I see. But they're grantors. Yeah, there's nothing you can do for them or with them that gives you a chunk of change. No, um, uh, a good one would be when you go to the supermarket and you have the opportunity to give a buck, right, to something ah. like the, you know, the Genesis Fund or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. The a, a bad one would be when you go to a restaurant and they say they w- they want you to have an access sport night at a restaurant and it's cause marketing where they say come in in a portion yeah, of what we yeah. do. What's so the portion? Just trying to get people in. Yeah, yeah. And instead of doing the right thing and just giving a donation straight up, it's making it's contingent on getting you getting a lot of people into their fold. I see. Right, right. right. So, you guys make so a lot nothing. of people do that. Yep. Right. But we kind of think that's unethical. It's uh, cause marketing. We're oh, not really? so slick okay. on it. Okay. Um, huh. Unless they were going to, unless everything, all the funds raised would benefit the company. Yeah. Or the, you know, access support, which yeah. is not generally the case. Yeah. It's really tempting if people weasel their way into cause marketing. You have to be careful about when you're spotted or not. Uh, um, another one is you never, you know, you never have anybody do fundraising for percentage. It's always got to be straight up. Okay. That's right, another, right, that's right, another right, one. Right, right, right. But, but I think access support's been lucky, and I'm not a, even though I was active with it for a long time, and it has the word sports in it. You guys both know I'm not a sports guy, but um, the access part was lucky because you had uh, a, the proceeds of a book donated yep. from a famous dude that you will name. So we we have a nice relationship oh, with yeah, Bill Belichick and yeah. the Patriots. Oh, really? And, yeah. Maybe I don't remember that. So we have yeah. a, a little bit of an endowment because he, he gave uh, his all the proceeds from this book called The Education of a Coach. Oh. They gave it all to us. And... Um, that that helps pay for some of our trainers in the summer who are going to school. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know. This is interesting. So how do, how do we how do we land the windsurfer? Yeah. What what for? You know what is? And I'm panelizing. I'm interviewing. But so from twenty some odd years of doing this program, what about failure should people <clears throat> take from this podcast? What that it's okay. Uh, that you should fail, you should try to fail, you shouldn't try to fail. Well, it's funny. I'm. I, um, that all this, this podcast all this, is all a failure. Said, if well, you, we know if, the podcast. If I talking about me, I'm. Um, I I portray myself as a risk taker, but I'm pretty much of a calculated risk taker. And um, you know, especially in, in with our gate trainer, yeah. I could do to take a lot bigger risk with it. Yeah. Right. And I'm. So all that being said, I'm a little chicken about taking some risks. Yep. Um, especially with our business, with our nonprofit. And um, I'm That's... not a big enough thinker. Huh. Well. I, I'm, it's, it, when it comes to business sense, um, I'm not well equipped to take that big leap as far as the business goes, and I know I should be. Well, but wait a minute, but you started the program to begin with, so that itself was a, a risk, or at least the, right. the likelihood of failure was high, and you've been around 25 years. But I went all in when I knew that I had a steady income. You know, oh, and right. and I had volunteered enough to get it going. Um, 
Yeah, that's fine. So, that seems you know, so all this being well, said, I should... Uh, you're I, leaving well enough alone or you're not screwing up a working thing or there's some appropriate way to put it. Mark could be lossless. Mark's at a loss for words. I'm here. never at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right. So I mean, if I, I guess I, I'm trying to. If I were to put this back together, it still comes back to philosophically. Um, I guess maybe that's where that's what I would say. The take home for this thing is is that failure builds resilience. Yeah. Right. Hey, that works. That and, was useful. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. That's thank, it. Thank you, Ross. Thank, thank you, you, Ross. Ross.